Hey, Billy, you know what's awesome? What's that, man? Red freaking dawn. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie that was released in the United States, and for good reason. Yeah. Should have probably been a rated R. Yeah. <laughs> this is a pre- pretty, pretty rough movie. Yeah. But, uh, so, I guess last week, or the week before last, we talked about, you know, Weird Science and Ferris Bueller and these coming-of-age high school movies, and then we talked about our own experience in high school. You know what I never had to deal with? <laughs> Parachuting Cubans? I was going to say, yeah. Parachuting Cubans shooting up the school. (laughs) That's a rough scene. Man. I mean, just from the get-go, man, this movie, it just hits you over the head right from the very beginning, and and it doesn't let up. No. And it doesn't get get, uh, better. Like, they have their little victories, but they're still starving yeah it's <laughs> still cold and like it's and because you, you never think for a minute that they're actually going to defeat like they're never going to yeah. win world war three by themselves they're just trying to survive you know <laughs> take some revenge while they're you know surviving but yeah dude so red dawn came out in you know 84 so i'd have been like nine ten years old whenever i first saw it on on video because of course my parents weren't going to take me to the theater to see that one yeah um of course, my mom was probably like, ooh, we should watch this because it's got yeah. you know, Charlie Sheen and Patrick Swayze and Leah Thompson. Um, C. Thomas Howell was huge back then. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's got Powers Booth, who was pretty... Powers pretty, Booth, uh, man. You know, he, he, he was a powerhouse dude. Yeah, he uh, is. Back in the 80s as well. And I don't... Honestly, dude, I don't think anybody really kind of knew what was about to hit him. Because... That is a it is a bleak, bloody, and violent movie yeah. with all all kinds of crazy moral uh, conundrums yeah. that come up to a whole bunch of little kids, essentially like teenagers. You know, if they're in high school, and none of them like you know, only one of them's like out of high school. The rest right. of them are little kids. Yeah. So yeah, and it, it's it's amazing because it's exactly what you're talking about. You're taking, you know, the the Brat Pack style movies, which were the biggest thing going at this time, and you're advertising this list of stars that are, you know, obviously teen, you know, superstars at this point, <clears throat> and you're putting them in this movie that, you know, could be a Rambo flick, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but but a little, it's even a little darker than that, man. Because uh, holy crap, you know when they when they they're out there in the wilderness and they sneak back in and and you know they see their parents that are quarantined at the drive-in, you know, and mm-hmm. being held captive, and it's just like holy smokes, man. And you know, and of course, I mean, this is the height of the Cold War. This is where we're all going to just blow each other up. And that's going to be the end of civilization. That's just what we're going to accept. I mean, you had countless TV shows about that already, but mm-hmm. here's like something that even is like something nobody ever thinks of, which there's a series of movies that come past this, but actually invading the U.S. and it not being a right. Martian in spaceships. This is 
these other countries that see us as weak and come mm-hmm. over and, and just take over the whole country. Matter of fact, you listen to Powers Booth in the movie, they've taken over pretty much the whole world. Yeah. And that, I mean, the, the, the chilling in that speech, you know, so, so chilling where, um, like, I, I don't remember. He, he explains how the Chinese became allied with yeah. the United States, but they were the last ones standing. Yeah. And he's like, you know, nothing standing between them and, you know, except for, you know, a hundred million screaming Chinamen. And they're like, I thought there was a billion. And he yeah. like throws his whiskey or his, his uh, booze into the fire. And it, <laughs> yeah, just like, he says, oh, uh, man. there was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just, I mean, he, he doesn't have to say any words. Right. Just, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it'll it'll end up in a play by play, but just certain scenes. I mean, like, like I said, we're we're horror fans, so there's probably the the you know the machete in the head, the axe, yeah. the you know even 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 cowboy movies, and you know if you look at you know you look at I don't know if you ever seen the slug of a forty five caliber or forty four caliber pistol, but you think about a ball of lead swinging at your head like in that you yeah. know um, so you know it's like there's there's a lot of stuff especially being 80s kids, we've been exposed to a lot of death and violence. But in Red Dawn, it was so, again, it was so real. Yeah. I mean, when they strafe that school and everybody manages to get out of the classroom except for that one kid that's still leaning against the wall. Right. It's like, why would you strafe a school? Why would you shoot down a teacher? And it was a shock and awe. That's yeah. what it was. That yeah. was that, that's, their, that's their tactic is to just subdue everybody real fast. Yep. Um, and which, you know, didn't make sense when I was nine, but then you see it in real life in, you know, yeah. a couple decades later when they're right. just like, oh, yeah, we just go in and just take everything, take down hard, yeah. subdue everybody real fast. You're like, yeah. oh, that's that's a real thing. That was, that was so, the unthinkable at the time, you know, and like you said, you know, uh, life imitates art, right? Or art imitates mm-hmm. life, whichever way you want to take it. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's well, even even in what's going on now in the streets and stuff. I mean, another country could look at this and go, man, they are totally unsuspecting There's... of anything, you know. Oh, yeah, they're sideways. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that those, I'm sure that all those calculations have been, have been run. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, this is, the, this is 1984. This is born in the USA time, right? Uh, so yeah. this is, this is when, you know, when, when we were at our proudest of, of being American and that's when they hit. And, you know, of course, you get a little caption at the beginning about everything that's happening around the world and, you know, how it all plays in the in, in to the story. But, yeah, man, I mean, it, it's the it's the worst nightmare because that's just the unthinkable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you have, you know, Patrick Swayze's Jed, who's the older brother who's just dropped his kid. You know, he's. He's like dropped his brother off at school yeah. and is driving away and sees all of the <clears throat> crap happen. He sees everything happen in his rearview mirror, so he turns around and goes back to get his brother. And then all of it, but who whoever's not getting shot down in the parking lot just hops in the back of his truck. Yeah, and he burns out, hits a couple of roadblocks on the way. Yeah. you know, and uh, manages to escape. You know, home basically. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, like, what do we do? Like, run into the woods. Just right. go. Just, yeah. get, just get out of here because, obviously, this is not a good thing. Um, it's funny because, you know, the the, the only thing, because I've read 
today you said you 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 uh, look you were able to run back through the movie. I didn't get a, a chance to do that, but um, I did scroll through some reviews and some kind of you know trivia sort of thing. Yeah, and it was like, oh, you know, it's like the people were critical of the writer and the art and the director for being too pro-America. I was like, it didn't seem like it to me. <laughs> it's like yeah. it seems like if you're if you're pro-Apollo, whenever uh, Drago's yeah. beating him down, you're like, well, it seems seems like you were pretty pro-Apollo. It's like, well, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. it could be like he killed yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do. But uh, my only criticism is how they got that far in without anybody really knowing, like <laughs> Colorado, like. Yeah, they, they would have, uh, you know, except for apparently they launched from right. like New Mexico. Yeah, you know they were they were they were already that far up, but to to be completely unexpected was a little bit of a of a stretch. But other than that, everything in this movie is like hyper realistic. Yeah, um, I mean, it really is. Yeah, and it's, I think I think as, especially with all of these, I mean, a lot of these guys. You know, obviously Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, you know, did did serious, but also did comedy. Patrick Swayze, mostly serious with a little comedy. You know, Leah Thompson with Back to the Future. I mean, these guys yeah. were about to explode and just be, yeah. you know, superstars. Jennifer, I think Jennifer these, Grey, they, man. I mean, I'm not a fan of Jennifer Grey, but between Ferris Bueller and, come on, you got Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey in the same movie here before Dirty Dancing. So, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, this yeah. is yeah. This is the this is the the pot that's getting stirred up to about to unleash but a whole bunch is, of big stuff was, on you. <laughs> I, well, I was gonna say I think I think this is most of their probably most of their best dramatic performances because they were playing scared kids. Yeah, and then they were playing angry kids. Yep, and <laughs> you know the uh, and I fudged his name in Weird Science or not in Weird Science but in uh, talking about uh, Snake Plissken. But uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton, was yeah. Play, playing, playing. Uh, Jeb's dad, you know, yeah. Jed, Jed and Matt's dad. And he's avenge me because yeah. he knows he's going to get killed because his kids are missing. And so, like, if they're not going to, he's not going to turn over information on them or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just got this perfect '80s cast. I mean, you can't. It's one of those things like you can't get any more '80s than certain movies, and like yeah. this is one of them. Yeah. Because it's it's the height of the Cold War. It's it's not really even hyper political as much as here's a scenario. It's kind of like Jaws, like right. You know, what happens when the killer shark starts eating people? <laughs> and, well, you get a boat. Like this is what we do. Yeah. And in in uh you know so they get out there and they start hunkering down with hunting rifles, you know and. Ultimately, they up their gear. Yeah, you know, and they start, <laughs> you know, picking, you know, soldiers off here and there, and, and start building their arsenal, which is one thing. It's interesting because I'm like, how would a, you know, fifteen, sixteen year old now know how to launch an RPG? You know, <laughs> you know. True. I mean, because uh, there's you don't have instructions with it. You know, you don't have the internet to look it up. You just you've just got this thing that you found, and now you know how to shoot it. So. Between that and, you know, going and blowing up buildings and, you know, with the backpack and all that kind of stuff or whatever she does when she goes into town and blows up the place, I'm like, yeah, how do they know to set a timer on the bomb or, you know, who knows? Who cares? I'm sure they, fi- who cares? I'm sure they figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they beat it out of somebody because, you know, and that one dude sitting in that truck, 
that's whenever Jed makes his, yeah. his decision. All the rest, all right. the rest of the guys are still yeah. on the fence. See <laughs> Thomas Howell, though, man. You talking about the uh, character arc, man? Oh yeah, yikes! <laughs> yeah, he goes from a, like a, a whiny, scared kid to a cold blooded killer. Yeah, but, I mean, they killed his dad like yeah. right at the beginning, and uh, you know, he 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 sees his friends die. He gets sees them sees them getting betrayed. You know, it's like everybody else's parents are like, we're not going back. Like, they're not going to just come in and sweep this up and we're going to just go back home. Like, this yeah. is not happening. So, yeah, man. I mean, but, he's, yeah. he's got his little Star Wars cap on with the bill turned up and he's just Mr. You know, hey, 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 what are we doing now? And, you know, and uh, man, after after he shoots the deer and you get that kind of ceremonial thing, which I don't I, I remember seeing that for the first time. I'm like, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. We're gonna do this right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh yeah, I mean just just the, the strength that he goes to, he just he becomes just cold hearted killing machine, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He doesn't like when Jed can't take out uh what was his name? Uh Yeah, the the, the... Daryl. The, Darryl, one, the, the one that was the, the mayor's son, right? They forced, I mean, it wasn't really his fault. They forced him to swallow the thing. Yeah, but still, I mean, he's like, boom. It's like, yeah. Everybody, everybody look at him like, you know, like I can't believe you just did that. He's like, well, I did. Yeah, it's time to go. That was highly yeah. traumatic, man, as a kid, because I was fourteen when this came out. So I'm right there with the the Savage Boy. You know, Ben. Is it Ben Savage? One of the Savage Boys that that uh, plays Fred. the. It's not Fred. It's his older oh, no, brother. No, no. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, the one that actually is still alive at the end of the movie, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah. he's he's one of the Savage Brothers, and uh, right, right. So I'm, he was 15 in the movie, supposedly. You know, so I'm right there at that age of going, holy crap! Couldn't imagine having to run off with these guys that are older than me and trust them to keep me alive right well and that's what's again one of those things that you don't think of it's a it's a it's the thing behind the thing like they never had a chance to do anything they hopped in the back of a truck rode down a road and just ended up where they ended up yeah you know and you think about being you know being your age and like they start crying and stuff and yeah like what you can't I mean you know the Jed's like the the oldest one but he's only older by like a year so he's not he's not like super uh you know, yeah, it's like going with it, your older cousins and stuff, and they're the ones in charge of you. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what you got here, and they're they're only a, a you know a couple of years older, and this is your leader, you know. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you get all the confrontation between the, the the mayor's son, like you said, because he's wanting to give give up, turn everybody in, and of course, you know, Jed and them are like, no, we're not we're not doing that, and they finally. Well, they also know what they know. They also know how it's going to end. Yes. So, like, you can yeah. walk down the hill and get shot against a wall, yeah. or you can stay up here yeah. and take some out with take some with you. Yeah. And ultimately, everybody gets tired. You yeah. know, it's like we we don't necessarily need to go play by play of the whole movie, but like right. even uh, you know Robert, um, it's it's one of the more funny scenes in the movie. But like whenever they're being attacked by the uh, the the big giant battleship helicopter. Yeah. And. Um, He's got a he's got a perfect shot, and instead of blowing up the chopper, he ends up taking out the gunner. Yeah, you know, 
Um, did he do that on purpose? Not necessarily. Probably not. But then he realizes that he's 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 done. He's, he's spent. Yeah. Yeah. And he just <laughs> just takes that stands there with that machine gun and just shoots at a giant helicopter that's coming right yep. at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's that thing of you know you've just you've kind of hit that wall. It's 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 over. You know. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many of those, man. I mean, uh, even even Jennifer Grey, you know, after she got shot by the same helicopter, mm-hmm. and you know, she gets the grenade. And at first, she wants you know Patrick Swayze to shoot her and go ahead and end everything, and he can't do it, so she wants a hand grenade, oh. <laughs> so yeah, she can so do she it can herself. herself. Yeah, it's just like. Holy crap, man! It, it, it's it's such a dark movie, but it's it it's so good. <laughs> well, and then when uh, when Leah Thompson finds uh, Andy, yeah, she's like got that the uh, gun in his face. She's like, "What's the capital of Texas?" Right, she's like Austin. She's like, "No, it's not Houston <laughs> or Dallas or whatever." And he's just like, "Oh crap, I'm about to die." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, how do you make this movie better? You bring in Powers Booth, man. And and I'm I'm just I'm a fan of Powers Booth, man. Uh goes all the way back to him being Jim Jones, you know, and and the, mm-hmm. the movie of that stuff and yeah, I just anything he's in, I'm sold. So, he was perfect yeah, for that role. Yeah, he's a good he, he was I always I always thought he was a great actor. He's always such a good bad guy. Yeah. But even when he was a good guy, he was still kind of a bad guy yeah um you've seen you've seen frailty i'm sure oh yeah with uh yeah and he's like he's the cop that's interrogating him the whole time and then like whenever they flash him back and he's got the red eyes and it's like like oh like that's 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 powers booth right there yeah he's got that streak streak of dark in him (laughs) even when he's a good guy yeah so but yeah he's you know then they get on those tanks Again, yeah. it's like there's. It's one of those like you 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 would you'd want to expect you'd want to hope because <laughs> obviously the the resistance that you're putting on even though it is just a bunch of kids blowing crap up to be you know, like again we they know they're not going to win yeah like they're just trying to stay alive long enough to let the military win or the governments win or take a few out while they go down but. You would hope that eventually somebody would come in and swell your ranks. Like you right. have some kids from, you know, the the high the next school over that also escaped. They were like, hey, right, you know, can we can we join your gang? You know that sort of a thing. But that never happens. Yeah. And it just like as they as they continue to fall, they're like they're just their numbers get smaller and smaller. And uh, well, they talk about the Green Bay's Green Berets, you know coming and supporting them because they're talking to the old guy that had, you know, his granddaughters locked up in the, the basement or whatever, which mm. I thought, okay, that's kind of a weird thing, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he even mentions that, you know, his, you know, uh, Patrick Swayze's, you know, name is getting put out there and, and, you know, he's getting to be some sort of legend uh-huh. and, and, uh, you know, they're talking about sending support. Of course, you know, that would be ultimately what they would hope for. And of course it never happens. And, yeah, but then every day you're just waking up hoping that maybe you yeah. hear, 
Yeah. Well, they said the... they said it's going to be in the spring, right? And he's like, spring's a long way off. So yeah, 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 man. They they well, go out there and and it's I guess in the fall and they're out there from the fall. They go through a, all the way through the winter, and and just survive, you know. And you know, into the spring, like start you know towards the end of towards the end of winter, they start. Yeah. That that's whenever you know basically the movie ends. But, man, think about <laughs> – okay, so the guy who wrote it, Kevin Reynolds, he, he also wrote Robin Hood, huh. Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner, wow. and Waterworld. <laughs> like, man. Yeah, it's like crazy. And he also wrote Amazing Stories. Remember Amazing Stories? Oh, yeah. yeah with, uh, from Steven Spielberg? Yeah, yeah, I've got the box uh, set. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, he went from like super dark to like, yeah. Well, I mean, Waterworld's not not too light, but it's a whole lot lighter than Red Dawn, for <laughs> for sure. I'll be honest, I don't know what Waterworld really is. <laughs> Have you ever seen Waterworld? I mean, I've seen it, but I'm like, I mean, just far as it's a brooding Kevin Costner on a catamaran for like six hours. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I remember when it first came out, they're like, this is the biggest bomb that's ever bombed. And I was like, I could tell you why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exhibit exhibit A. Just read the synopsis. (laughs) It pretty much tells you right there in the print. (laughs) (laughs) Pissed off Kevin Costner just sits on a boat. Yep, that's it. (laughs) And then the the director, John Milius, this is a little bit more kind of close to the kind of like he did Dirty Harry, Apocalypse Now, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, he worked. For, he did on Jaws, and then he he had a bit of a of a hand in writing used cars. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, he kind of kind of kind of changed like <laughs> it changed direction, but it didn't short short yourselves on the greatness though, man. Because used cars exactly. is fantastic, man. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna pause real quick so we can play this trailer because I want to talk more about this movie. But okay, we got we we gotta leave it in there. What's going on here, my friend? No, Alex. I'm Emergency broadcast system. We are under attack by conventional forces of the Russian army. It is believed the lead waves were disguised as commercial charter flights. Communications have broken down other parts of the country. Large areas of the Midwest may have been overrun. They know who all of you are. They're looking for you. You're 40 miles behind enemy lines. I just want to go home. A lot of people away. Where's my dad, Mr. Eckert? What if I love somebody, Andy? I'm gonna die before it happens. They're gonna kill us! All us! So why should we be different? Because we live here! For a bunch of kids, huh? Mama'd be real proud. Wolverines! 
like I said, man, when I, when this came out, when I first saw it, horrified. Yeah. Like, I never had nothing that kept me awake, thinking, you know, like I was certain by the time I grew up that we would be Russian red, like, and not not the way we are now with people rioting in the streets that are still. The, the only reason they're allowed to do that is because the government ain't stomping down on them. Yeah. But I'm talking like invasion style. Right. Like I thought, I thought, man. And then I thought, okay, well, here's the problem. In order for them to get to California, they need to come up, you know, through yep. the southern border. Yep. And, and I'm in Corpus and we've got a naval base here. I'm like, we're, so this, this will end for me real fast. Big flash of white, right? <laughs> like, yeah, just uh, strategically, I, I don't. I won't even be playing in this game. Like I'll be, but in case I survive, you know, I need to up my Boy Scout game. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, but literally, like learning, like thinking in terms of learning skills, like Boy Scout campfire stuff and 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 woodcraft that I'm going to need, not in case someday. But when yeah. uh, these guys come, I, I need to be ready. And I mean, that's that's a a, a heavy head case for a nine year old man. Yeah. But man, <laughs> like we watched Red Dawn. I don't know why, because it's kind of maybe it's just that that train wreck thing where it's like Friday the Thirteenth, where you just can't look away. Yeah. But God, we used to watch Red Dawn and like Karate Kid, and then we just go out and like put on our camo pants and just shoot imaginary Russians. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> well, it's the thing you you identified with with these kids. This was Americana. This was kids going to school wearing their you know sports jackets, you know the school jackets, and just doing their thing, man. And and you know the world gets turned upside down, and and you relate to that, and you start thinking those kind of things, and that's exactly why the movie was such a hit. You know, it's the yeah. same thing with, uh, what was it, uh, 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 The Day After, which was the big, mm-hmm. you know, nuclear fallout movie that they put on TV, because you were actually starting to put things together of, you know, it's not just a big flash of light and everything's over. There's more to right. it than that, you know, and that's kind of, this was even beyond that, because this was like, hey, not only do you get flashes of lights in certain places and devastation, but you got people coming over and just taking everything, you know, mm-hmm. and what it does to your family, right? That's yep. that's the horrifying thing when they're standing up there on on that ledge and they're watching their parents being shot, you know, execution yep. style or whatever, you know, firing squad. Horrifying, mm-hmm. horrifying. And you can't do anything. Yeah. If you make a sound, yep. they're gonna just turn around and shoot you down. Yep. You know the. Uh... Again, the re-education camp that they're in, yeah. you know, on like they're talking, you know, with the 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 vocals coming through the the yeah. microphone and like the little screen, you know, on the drive-through, like or on the drive-in. It's it, it's it's an effect, but I mean that's another thing too is they're using your Americana against you here. Yep, yep. You know, and even even the like the touring the touring Russians, like the the mm-hmm. Russian uh, soldiers, where they're like up in the in the park yep. and they yep. find the arrowhead or the arrow or whatever. And they're like, Oh, you know, look at this. And right. they're, they're touring. They're taking pictures of stuff. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're an occupied country, but just same as like GIs will send pictures back home from whenever they were in Vietnam or whenever they were in Iraq or whatever. It's like, Oh, Hey, look, here's the, yep. you know, 
here's the ruins of such and such. I was there. And it's like, that's what these guys are doing. And of course they get taken out. Um, but even the, that's, that's another thing that's scary is because it's not even specifically so one-sided. It shows the humanity of the bad guys right. too. Absolutely. You know, and, um, which is, which is weird because Rambo doesn't do that. Right. You know, missing an action does not do that. Right. Uh, yeah, this this totally plays on these people are just as human as they are. They, they've got family back home. They're here doing a job, you yeah. know. And, Which and makes it all the worse. It, it does. Because if they cause if they are just straight up evil, yeah. then... You don't care. You know, but... Yeah. And that's, that's the conflict, and I think it's kind of where you're heading with this, because you start seeing that conflict with our teens in this movie as well, because... They're starting to realize this. Look at look at the difficulty they had of when they do catch the guy, right? And they're, they're about to ex- execute him and the mayor's son. I mean, not only is, is, is does he have a problem with shooting, you know, his friend, but he has problems shooting the the other guy too because you're just yeah. you're taking a life here, you know. But then Robert just <laughs> yeah, he's just like he can care less. They did, but... When the dude falls against him and just kind of slides down, yeah, and he's got that yeah. white, that white camo, the blood just, all over it. Yeah, he just kind of steps back, and kind of kicks him to the side, and he's just like, yep, you know, like, well, that's that. And you wonder of all because it's certain, certainly lots of personality types. So you have kind of the reluctant but capable leader. You got his younger brother who's kind of the second in command. You've got the whiny mayor's son who's you know, led a life of privilege and his, his whole, he, he wants to negotiate. Hey, there's got to be a way out of this. We've yeah. got to, we, we should be able, but that's the life he's known. That's not well, because of character flaw. That's just who, who is, he's been raised to be. Look at his dad in the movie. The dad's the same mm-hmm. way. I mean, he's, he's in there with the leaders from these other countries and trying to negotiate and save his own butt. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly who his son is too, for the most part. And then, you know, again with Robert, you know, but they killed his dad right off. Yeah. That's whenever he's like looking for news. He's like, what about my dad? Yeah. And he's like, nope. He's like, gone. First, first wave. Yeah. Because he gave you these weapons. Yep. Like that's, and it, that explains, he explains that too. Cause that's in the mm-hmm. like opening scene. He's like, go down to the sporting goods store and pull the, uh, the reports. And so then they give him all the guns and they realize he's not missing inventory. So he's, you know, yep. so they kill him. And, um, you know, so Robert's like, okay, well, now I've got that guilt because <laughs> yeah. I'm up here ho- holding on to these stolen weapons that got my dad killed, which, of course, you know, what, what you going to do? But yeah, still, that's that's why, you know, the, the, the character arcs, especially like the girls, when you first see them, they're cowering in, oh, yeah. uh, in the basement. Well, they, <laughs> they get tough, man. <laughs> they do. And, and you know, because... Leah Thompson's character is one of the two that survive, you know, and she's, she's not going to have it either. I mean, right. they, one of the most awesome scenes, well, that, that was Jennifer Grey when she rides her bike up, like that's yeah. when she gives the, the, the bomb yeah. and she rides her bike up and they're like, hey, and she's yeah. like, hey, and then she like <laughs> runs off and just, Poof. yeah. Uh, but whenever they start striking back. And the music starts, and again, you're not supposed to, you know, I guess it's kind of like America porn, where you're just like, but whenever, 
you know, they're running and the guys yeah. are chasing them and they get past the line and they pop up out of the little thing. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and just mow them down. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. When they're about to execute a bunch of civilians and they're ready, aim, fire, and just <laughs> mow down the, the executioners. Well, um, they, they start planning ahead and, and trying to be at places beforehand. And I don't know if that's because of radio, you know, connections or what but you know they even wake up powers booth and say hey wake up early bird gets the worm you know they they mm-hmm. already know a place that they're gonna go and and set up for this attack and and so you know they go from what do we do what do we do to actually having specific targets you know yeah and, and you've got to love the whole thing about the wolverine right i mean who doesn't want to go wolverines right of I mean, course that's just as much as you know uh uh Judd Nelson doing his arm at the end of Breakfast Club, right? It's it's that thing, you know. And uh, it's an, it's it's ironically similar too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it 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 did something to you to make you think. First, it makes you question yourself. What would I do in all this? And the second, it makes you believe that. It is possible that you could do something for yourself, even if you don't win. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where's that line? You know, yeah, it's a powerful you, flick, man. It really is. I mean, it's, and it, I think it's 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 held up so well. That's why everybody was so pissed off whenever the remake came out. Yeah, because you don't. I mean, that's one of those that like you can say, oh, you don't make that, whatever, but. The second one, the the remake didn't even respect the source material, no. and that was what was so weird about it. Was yeah. it was like, it, it wasn't it, it was it was a bad idea from the get go that I think just had money behind it and sure. kind of got green green light greenlit, but it didn't like it wasn't. Well, you you, you got the hottest guy going in movies at the time, and you want to find him an action flick. So hey. Let's uh let's make him an action flick and hey here's a here's an old one that if we said the name of it people would instantly go see it. It's kind of how I feel about the 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 newest Child's Play movie that they did. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it. I think the only problem is they called it Child's Play because it was right. it was actually pretty good, but they used that to get people to go see it. But the story was strong enough on its own, and I think that's exactly what they tried to do with the Red Dawn thing and and you know. If you called it something totally different, it probably would have been a bigger hit. I hate probably. to say it that way because, you know, it's Red Dawn, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, if you just write a different story. Yeah. Then <laughs> I, I remember that episode of The Simpsons where it's showing them up in their, the, the TV stations or whatever. And they're like, hey, we need some fresh ideas. Everybody turn on your TVs. And they all, like, turn on their little portable TVs and sit in there watching to see what's on so they can write a story. It's yeah, like, that's how they get fresh ideas. Is right. See what's on. <laughs> see what's on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's kind of where we're at because that that that's the trend right now. I, I don't know if it's a salute to how awesome stuff was in the eighties because it just seems like all we're doing is remaking all the eighties movies. I, I I think it was also you know from having gone back and rewatched some of these things, especially like. You know, weird science, Ferris Bueller, Escape from New York, that kind of stuff, is I think what you've got now is you have got a whole lot of studio meddling. Yeah. Whereas John Hughes wrote a John Hughes movie. Right. Right? 
he might have had, I'm sure he did have some studio oversight that was like, whoa, 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 you can't have three sex scenes in one movie. You need to dial one back, right? Yeah. But ultimately, it was his vision, it was his art, and it was his voice, and you can tell. You can tell his signature on a film. Yep. Where it's like with Star Wars, for example, like The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi sucked ass, but Rian Johnson's <laughs> actually a pretty good director. He is. But, he is. But, but I'm sure it was very hard directing a big green screen room with a whole bunch of studio executives looking over your shoulder and being like, do you really need it to, have, to be that orange? You know what I mean? It's like we're gonna here. Here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sit down a committee. Here's some extra writers, and we're gonna throw in some new scenes today. And he's just like, fine, whatever. You know, like yeah, uh, you know, like I yeah. don't think because who was it? Um, um, makeup artist, one of the best makeup artists ever. Rick Baker. Yeah. Greg Nicotero. Dude, Rick Baker. Greg Rick Nick. Baker. He Rick Baker was on the Joe Rogan podcast and. <laughs> he was pissed like hollywood made him retire he he was he just said he threw up his hands and he says i just give up now rick baker has created <laughs> so many of, yeah. of the everythings that are just so awesome but he said he was working they were working on that wolfman with benicio del toro yeah and he said that it was like it was it was it was working in committee all the time like mm-hmm. Can you make the nose longer? Can you make the nose shorter? Can you make the nose nose pointed more? Can you, you know, and he's like, yeah. I don't know what you want from me. Like, right. I thought you brought me in because I'm Rick Baker and you tell me you need a werewolf and I can make one. Yeah. Like, like. Werewolves is and, what I do. <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm, see I'm the, famous. See this Academy Award? <laughs> it's because of the yeah. freaking werewolf I built. <laughs> But he said he just got driven nuts by, like, he's like, this stuff takes time, it takes effort, it takes, yeah. you know, chemicals, like, and they just won't let you do what you need to do, so I quit. Yeah. He's like, I'm old enough, I made enough money, I'm out. Well, yeah, they, so, ended, they ended up going back and doing so much CGI stuff on that anyways that I had high hopes for it, but I really did not care for it. And I was I was so stoked, too, man, because Rick Baker, you know. Yep, absolutely. And it just, I don't know kind of feel flat for me but anyways it's no red dawn <laughs> no well i was gonna say though because kevin reynolds wrote the story yeah and i'm sure it was adapted and he had people help him and they you know it's like this is the way these things get written yeah but it's a, it's a straightforward vision of okay we're gonna start here we're gonna go to here and this is what we're gonna do and this is what it means and this is these are the stage directions he didn't like look at a look at a movie's credit roll now and look at how many people are involved in the yeah. writing process and you're just like okay well perhaps you could have cut a few of those guys out right and uh, had a better movie yeah so that's all I meant by that because yeah this, the remake was trash yeah <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous yeah well, like I and, said if uh, if they would have just made it its own thing called it something different then fine right mm-hmm. and uh. And that was uh, I had problems with him with Helmsworth there for a while because Cabin in the Woods did the same thing to me, right? I mean, I saw the cover and I was like, okay, Cabin in the Woods, Evil Dead, <laughs> you know. And then it starts yeah. going, and I'm like, this is freaking Evil Dead. Everything about it is Evil Dead. And then later on, you kind of figure out what's going. on. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, fine, that's fine. So I get it, but. You know. See, I like Cabin in the Woods because I thought it was kind of a fresh take on things because it is hard. Yeah. To, you know, 
when you have a cabin in the woods, then you've got Evil Dead or you've got a slasher or, yeah. you know, it's like serial killer hiding, hiding is, you know, it's like there's only so many things that can be going on in a cabin in the woods. But whenever you turn it into like a big uh, Lovecraftian human sacrifice thing. Yeah. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, you know yeah. Was... <laughs> when you get to the, when you get to the backside of it and, and what is all going on, they're basically pulling from all the great horror movies. I mean, because there's yeah. even the pinhead guy and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean it. That's all right. But yeah, the the other <laughs> one was when 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 uh, Red Dawn came out, and I was like, we went to theater and saw it, and I was just like, yeah, you know, it's okay, but it's not <laughs> it's not the '80s version by any means. No, not at all. It'd, it'd be the same way as they try to make another Rambo movie, like without Stallone, like try to reboot. Yeah. <laughs> some <Kid> Rambo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some things were just meant to be in the time that they came out in, and that's the problem with remaking Jaws. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that you're going to capture what makes that movie so special. And it's, it's a prime example of this one right here. There's... There's so many elements that you would leave out if you when you remake something like this because you're thinking spectacle. Uh-huh. You know? You're not thinking about the decision of killing one of your best friends because he ended up being a spy, and you know the heartbreak you're having with the rest of your team over something like that. You know you you miss all those exactly. factors. So yeah, man, it's a heavy flick. There's three flicks I can think of from the '80s that are teen type movies that are just devastating. And, and this is definitely one of them. Uh, Red Dawn. Um, Last American Virgin. I don't know if you ever watched that or not. But, I, haven't, I have not seen that. Oh my one. gosh, man. It, it is it is such a Fast Times at Richmond High type flick till you, get okay. to the, till you get to the end of it and the end of it you're just like, holy crap. <laughs> oh no. This is depressing. And then you had... Uh, uh, not less than zero, but uh, what was the one where Robert Downey Jr. was real bad druggy and all that stuff? It was I like that was less than less than zero. Maybe it was less than one zero. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like taking the Brat Pack and just totally destroying them, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those three flicks right there, man, and and they're they're powerhouse flicks, all three of them. But mm-hmm. you know, you just walk away going, man, that you know, a this is not a feel good. For movie, but you keep kind of wanting to go back and watch them again, you know. Well, and that's what's weird too is like some of these movies that were like, oh, it's you know, I know, I know it was not necessarily a comedy, but like, oh, certain dramas, like it's like Saint Elmo's Fire. Saint Elmo's mm-hmm. Fire is depressing as hell. Yep. You know, all these college kids that are on top of the world and they get out in the real world and mm-hmm. the world don't like them. Right. But it's just scene after scene after scene of failure, and yeah. you're just like, why was this popular? Yeah. This, <laughs> like this. Because of the cool you know, theme song, man. <laughs> of course, I mean that song's awesome. But no, it's like it's not Red Dawn where they're killing each other, but it's pretty damn sad. <laughs> like, yeah. But not when when it's it's my uh, not my favorite Demi Moore movie. One crazy <laughs> summer would be, but <laughs> and she's out there just like contemplating suicide because her credit cards yeah. got declined, yeah. and you're just like, dude. <laughs> This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been watching Star Wars, man. Right. <laughs> Worst thing that happens to you there is you get your hand cut off. <laughs> right? <laughs> or you kiss your sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It is both a galaxy far, movie. far away, so. <laughs> both both in the same movie, you know? Yeah. You kind of have. But yeah, man, I don't, I like I said, growing up, Red Dawn scared the Jesus out of me. And that's one, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I could, I could take monster movies, I could take, you know, war movies or whatever, but man, the, the that, that realisticness, yeah. that, and then I remember, was it Missing in Action 2? Remember yeah. that one? Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the, the scene where he, like, the, the guy would, like, pretend like he was going to execute him and he let the, uh, it fall on an empty chamber. Yeah. And then that else, they got the photojournalist there and he's like, don't worry, the gun's empty. Right. He's like, Oh really? And it's like, boom, blows yeah. his head off. Like that was one that was just like, yeah. Up close and personal. I remember me and my cousin sat there and like put that on slow mode. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Watching the brain pop out the side of this dude's head. We're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's Canon Canon's way of trying to re recreate the, uh, the deer hunter scene. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is kind of what that was but yeah i mean uh, and in saying that i'm glad you kind of brought it up because look at the just unlimited amount of movies that kind of followed this trail from there on i mean we even got one called invasion usa with yeah. chuck norris driving around in a big blue four-wheel truck just like the one that's in this movie you know yep <laughs> With two, with those two little compact Uzi pistols. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, I wanted one of those so bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanted. The, the... Yeah, all the all the missing in action flicks, man. Of course, the Rambo stuff. I mean, this was, I don't know, man. This was a part of just American cinema at the time. It was a big deal, but then you know, it's like this was one of those where yeah, it's our it's, it's home turf because I think so much. We, you know, cause again, Charlie Sheen, just what the year after, you know, two years later was in Platoon. Yeah. You know, um, still, still very young guy, but a whole lot more serious. Yeah. You know, that. So, I mean, we were, America's always been obsessed with war, but we had a lot of war movies in the 80s that were pretty bleak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever, whenever you think about it, like Rambo was very upbeat, you know. But that's only just because they changed the scene of First Blood at the very end. Right, was, right. <laughs> yeah, that's very that, bleak. Before that, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing is you you know you stick with stick with the first one. You know when when you want the 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 heavy story, and then the other ones your your action adventure stories. You know where it gets a little I watched, crazy. I watched, I watched Rambo not too long ago, and it's funny because just the way. Again, just the way movie making works now versus the way it worked then, but with just kind of the over at the top, like da da da, you know, uh, oh, soundtrack yeah. where he's flying around the helicopter. Rrr! I'm just like, <laughs> this is like an Academy Award nominated movie, like <laughs> for like cinematography or whatever. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> yeah, it was huge, but yeah, like no, I guess nobody wanted to see kids dying anymore, so we amped up Sylvester Stallone and. Arnold Schwarzenegger because they really kind of took up the they the did mantle they ran that, with it of that whole yeah yeah man you know some at the scene that you stopped and watched in slow mo or whatever that was the scene where in in Commando for me when he throws the saw blade and hits that dude in the head <laughs> I used to watch that over and over and go how how did they do that 
You know, because that, you know, the, the craziest thing I'd seen before that was obviously Lucio Fulci and see the living dead when they drilled the hole through the guy's head. And mm-hmm. I used to watch that over and over and go, there's got to be a way they did this. <laughs> that makes sense, you know. But that saw blade, I was like, how, how, how do you do that? How do you throw something at somebody and it hit their head and it knocked part of their head off? But it didn't really do it, you know. Right. I used to look at that <laughs> over and over, man. And there's stuff in this movie, man. There's stuff in Red Dawn that it's <laughs> it's a bloody flick, man. It is. They, they shoot that uh, dude, one, that one of the one of the guys that's out there doing the when when they're sightseeing, and he shoots the dude in the back with the arrow, you know. And you just tell the dude just like, oh, and you're like, oh yeah. crap. <laughs> yeah, he's not. They're not. They're not. They're not downplaying any of it. Like he's actually like hurting. Yeah. Like this is <laughs> this is not not a good day yeah. but like dude uh, like the uh when jennifer gray gets shot by the helicopter yeah like when her little when her uh poofy jacket yeah. pops yeah, the, the down jacket yeah yeah it's just like it's yeah just like oh no yeah like there's so so much of and apparently that was like so violent <laughs> like the one of the special edition DVDs has a, a one of those little ding ding dingers to oh, like really? show you, like because it's got wow. it's got like yeah it's got like three hundred acts of violence for one hundred and thirty four minutes or something like that. Wow. It's like it's like it's really a bunch, bad, but it's a bunch. I yeah. mean, when you, when you think about firing squads and all that kind of stuff, and you know, Powers Booth climbing up on top of that on that t- top of that tank and get just, on them to shoot at each other. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, when he gets shot and he like rolls over and he sets the smoke so the yeah. other tank will shoot the one that he's on. Right. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I didn't quite understand it because I didn't realize that that was. I thought that was two Russian tanks. I didn't realize that it was two tanks in a battle. Right. And then he was like, gets gets up there to like help them out. Like, no, come over here. Right. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting at bad guys. <laughs> Yeah, as as a kid, you you know you kind of get confused, even with the planes and stuff, because they have to tell you that's one of ours, you know, just so you'll yeah. realize what's going on. But uh, yeah, man, powerhouse flick, man, fantastic. Never, I'll never do another one like it, man. Not 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 that way. Yep. Well, hey, man, I think we're kind of riding up against the end of the show. Yeah. We'll remind everybody to hit us up on. All of the social medias, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams and the YouTubes. It is about my bedtime. So uh, <laughs> you're looking you're looking like you're about halfway already there. Yeah. Hey, all you folks out there, if you if you grew up a fan of Red Dawn, man, share share your thoughts on this one because it, it to me it's just a standout movie, and uh, it I think most people our age was impacted the same way from it. So it'd be kind of cool to hear, you know, what you guys think about it as well. Or if you just recently saw it and if you think it holds up or if you don't think it holds up, I think that's some interesting talking stuff, you know, I definitely think it holds up. So I'll go up against anybody who says it doesn't. I think it does too. (laughs) I think it does too. Well, rock and roll, man. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll stop it there and we will see you everybody next week. (laughs) Thank you.